everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Recorded live. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, each and every one of you joining us this evening. We bless God for each and every one of you. We want to let you know that we honor the fact that you counted it not robbery to join us for this, the 150th episode of Purpose Kingdom Network. This show is Toy Talk, and I am your host, Pastor Toy Chappie Daly. And this evening, we are going to be talking about the events that are taking place right now as I speak all across the United States of America. Um, and I have to join me this evening, uh, my sister, my sister, a very uh, renowned host, activist, uh, freedom fighter in her own right, the one and only my sister Darlene Lawrence of Righteous Consciousness. Darlene? Yes. Hey, my sister, how are you, and how's everybody out there tonight? I am good. I'm believing that the people, even if they may not start off in a good place, that by the time we are finished talking this evening, I'm believing, God, that they are going to be in a good place. Um, This evening, we are going to talk about all of what has been going on. And before we go on, I want to let you know that we are broadcasting live at www.talkshoe.com. If you want to listen via Internet, again, it's www.talkshoe.com. In the search engine, just put in the call ID number, which is 142656. Again, one four two six five six, and you can listen to us live online, or you can listen to us via phone. The number to call in is seven two four 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 seven four four four. Then you're going to press call ID one four two six five six pound. Hit one pound to connect to the show. If you're already listening by phone. Hit star 8 to talk with us. We would like to speak with everyone today. We have our engineer, uh, Brother Robert Hudson, on the line. He's going to just jump in with any chats that anyone may have or any um, callers that come in to let us know you're there. Because tonight we're going to talk about the fact that this must be aborted. This must be aborted. And I know everyone is like, well, what does she mean this must be aborted? And what is it that she's saying must be aborted? Well, if you look at everything that's going on around us, I I, I know that racism is not new. I know that ignorance is not new. I know that hatred is not new. 
but the way it is blatantly being displayed over the past 24 hours. Mm. It's not new, but it's new in this era. Like, we were already dealing with uh, the police officers who were shooting down unarmed minorities in the street. And I can't just say black people because it was more than just black people who were getting shot down in the street. But Mm -hmm. we were already dealing with that. We were already dealing with undertones of racist statements and racist propaganda. We were already dealing with that. So there was already a seed of racism laying dormant at the least. But then along comes a man who impregnates the nation with more hatred and racism. And I know we say, well, what does she mean he impregnated us? Our new president-elect used hatred, racism, bigotry, and every other fear and form of ignorance that he could to plague employ on the minds of the nation to get into the office that he is in. And in the midst of that, everyone today thinks that people are upset because he's in office. And what they don't realize is nobody cares that Trump, the person, is in office. What we care about is what he has birthed in the process of getting into office. Darlene, you jumped in right there for me, if you can, for a second. What what do you think about what I'm saying? My sister, first of all, that is the whole thing. This man has created havoc across the land. We have riots breaking out across the land. And first of all, I want to say good evening to everyone that is out here listening to my sister and my sister's show. I know my sister's going to bring some good information to you this evening, and I am so honored to be able to be on the show with her tonight. My sister touched my heart because she knows how I feel about this whole situation. And it's not just for my own personal beliefs, feelings, and opinions, but it is what we have gone through for the last and past 16 months and even more because this whole situation has derived from a candidate that a party did not even want, that a, which was a person that fought all against the odds. Now, I have to say, this man, he came up onto the Republican convention, and he won his, his nomination, but he was the mo- not the most party, the party, the Republican Party rejected this person. However, this person 
was one that used every opposition, every negative. And this is the part that hurts me. Every, you know, it's so much that hurts me, really, with this. But this is one, every negative opportunity to rise to the occasion. He has criticized handicaps, nationalities. He has targeted anybody who has not looked like a strong, what this society wants to look like a strong American culture. Okay, that's someone that's not normal because as we know, we might have good health, but we might have some damn acne, okay? Mm-hmm. We might have good health, but we might be overweight. Or you might have good well, good health, but you might be black, okay? This is a person that has taken the time to prove himself to be someone that cares more about those things that are not as connected to us mm-hmm. as women, as just human beings. But he has taken the opportunity to do those things that, or to make a stand. So, you know, it is a problem. When you have someone that don't care about the real issues and don't have a real plan to make anything better. Now, you know, and and that part of it is true. And I'm not going to stay on Trump because I don't want people to think that this is really about Trump because it's not really about Trump. You know what I mean? Right. It's not really about the person. It's about the aftermath of what the person has caused. And if you're out there listening this evening, we would love to hear from you. If you've been partaking in any of the protests that have been going on uh, around the nation, we would love to hear from you. The number to call in is 724-444. Seven four four four. Once you call in on that number, you are going to hit the call ID number, which is one four two six five six pound. Then hit one pound to connect to the show. If you're already listening, just hit star eight. We would love to hear what you have to say. But you know, when we talk about Trump and what's going on in the aftermath. The scripture that comes to my mind is John 14 and 30. And it says, Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. Now understand, when we talk about the prince of this world, we're talking about Satan. We're talking about the evil one. And if you've ever followed me on Study for Life or on um, Toy Talk a few weeks uh, a few weeks ago, I spoke to everyone about what the prince of this world was, how Satan is the prince of this world, how 
governments are controlled by the prince of this world. So I'm not really talking about Trump. I'm not really talking about Hillary, because to be honest, neither of them at this particular point is important in what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is what we got impregnated with throughout this entire election process. And what we got impregnated with was more hatred and ignorance and bigotry. And what happens when hatred gets impregnated with more hatred, what you end up birthing is destruction. And what I'm here to try to tell you is the diagnosis for this country is that we are about to birth pure hatred. And in birthing pure hatred, the prognosis is our own destruction. And don't think that any other country out there watching us right now with Donald Duck sitting in office is going to come to help us in any way, shape, or form. Because most of them don't like us anyway. So they will sit there and watch us self-destruct on each other. And the part that gets me the most is most of the hatred that I have been seeing has been coming from folk that call themselves Christians, that call themselves followers Ooh. in Christ. Lord. See, it's not about who's sitting in the White House. Because to be real honest, the person who gets to live in the White House is not the person who really gets to control the country. That's mm. why everybody was so excited over who got control over the Senate and Congress. Because that's who really controls the country. But in the midst of it, people, God is not a part of the hatred that we're spewing. You say that you voted for Trump because Trump was against abortion and Trump is going to make America great again and Trump is about God, then you have to show God in the midst of this. And I'm sorry to say it. We haven't been doing it as a people. Like right this second, I'm not going to say I'm ashamed to be black. I'm saying I'm ashamed to be a human living in America. Let let me let me see if I can um share with you all some of what I'm talking about some of the bigotry and the hatred that has been going on WFTV 9 wait a minute, let me see which one this is this is channel 9 ABC WFTV This is in Jacksonville, Florida. School leaders are investigating after two racist signs, one reading colored and one reading whites only, were posted above two water fountains at First Coast High School. Mm -hmm. This is what we've birthed, y'all. This is what we birthed. This was a tweet. This was from... uh, I'm going to just say Maddie, and it was sent to at Sean King. And it says, just experienced one of the worst things in my entire life. While pumping gas, I had a vehicle pull up beside me. Out jumped four mills, all of whom are Caucasian. 
They then proceed to talk about the election and how glad that they are that they don't have to deal with, and I'm going to say the word, y'all, they don't have to deal with niggers much longer. Um, Now, me being by myself, I just kept quiet until one walked over to me and said, how scared are you, you black, and they called her the B word. I should just kill you right now, you're a waste of air. Still, I said nothing. I kept my head down. Then he proceeds to say, what, are you deaf or something, you nigger? Then another guy steps out and shows me his firearm. He says, you're lucky they're witnesses or else I'd shoot you down right here. That was what a young lady experienced. Another young lady tweeted, three of my Muslim friends whom I've never seen without a hijab before came to school without them today because they were afraid. What has happened? What is going on? Another young lady, her name was uh, Maharin Kassin, I'm sorry, I cannot pronounce this name, Maharin Kassana. She tweeted, I had a scarf on today, passed by someone on the platform, and he says, your time's up, girly. What is going on? That's what we have to abort. We cannot allow this to continue to go on as a people. As a people. Like at the end of the day, We have to wake up. We cannot play into the game of a people, of a system, as a people. Are we really going to allow this world to go backwards? And then, Darlene, you know, it amazes me because then we have people asking what is everyone rioting for? Or not rioting, I'm sorry, because to say rioting makes it seem like they're rioting, and they're not rioting. Yes, they did burn the flag. Yes, someone else did burn some type of effigy of Trump's head. Right. But they didn't. They weren't breaking in the building. They didn't burn down any public property. They weren't disorderly. They were protesting. And it's funny because Mm -hmm. everyone wants to say they're protesting Trump. Again, and y'all forgive me, but every time I see Trump, I said this about him before he got into the White House. I'm going to say this about him now that he's in the White House. To me, when he gets frustrated and flabbergasted, he looks like Donald Duck. I'm sorry. That's what he looked like to me. <laughs> and for anybody listening, I'm sorry if you get mad because I feel like I'm talking about your president. He's also my president, although he didn't get there, in my personal opinion, fairly. Um, you know, I'm stuck with him for the next four years also. But just because I'm stuck with him doesn't mean that I have to allow what he attempted to implant into my society and it, I mean, do you understand what is really going on? 
a coworker of mine, her daughter was on the bus. And the elderly Caucasian woman screamed out at her and the group of children. And these are middle school children. Screamed out at the children about how the niggas need to leave. They're saying this to children. And the sad part is if someone turns around and gets physical behind it, they're going to say we're wrong. They're going to say that we're being confrontational. They're going to say that we're committing assault. They're going to say that we're rioting. People, I need you to know that God is not pleased with what is going on. We must, we must, we must abort this. I am sorry. I know y'all want to keep this little precious baby you think you got, but this baby is nothing but a baby of destruction. And if we do not abort this, hatred is not of God. God is love. God is love. God is pure love. This isn't of God. Like I am pleading with you as a nation. It's not about who gets to live in the White House for four years. The hatred has got to stop. The the bigotry, the racism has got to stop. You'll hate me because of the color of my skin. If you want to hate me, hate me because of the character of the person I am, not because of the shape that God put me in. And I can say hate me because of my character because my character is not one that will cause you to hate me. But if you choose to at least let it be because you took the opportunity to know me or to know the next black person, the next a Latino person, the the next uh, Asian person, the next whoever. Right. Okay, I got to move past that for a second. Because as much as I'm talking about what we need to abort, there is something that is being birthed right now. And it's funny because we want to embrace what needs to get aborted, and we want to abort what needs to be embraced. Have y'all seen the young people that have been marching all across the country? The millennials have gotten up, y'all. They got up. What what do you think about that, Darlene? What do you think about the protests these young people have been having? Well, you know, my sister, my sister, I have to say, they are standing up and speaking up, but they're day late and a dollar short. That's mm-hmm. my own personal opinion of it because, as we well know, most of the millennials, not all, but most of them were Bernie supporters. And they kind of got, you know, they got out there, for lack of a better word, I Maybe I shouldn't say this, but this is how I feel kind of connected to that. For lack of better words, 
they were a bit punch drunk because they went out there and they fought heart and soul for Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. And then we had a Democratic National Convention, which Hillary was elected. And I was there at that convention. And the supporters were sick, even when they knew that Hillary had won the primary and was on her way to the national convention. You see, I do believe that a Democrat should have been elected. But I have to sit back and say that there should have some been some type of chamber conversation. Mm-hmm. Hillary had a lot of issues and a lot of problems. And those issues and problems just did not seem to shake and go away. Right. And there should have been some collective conversation because Bernie had a very, very strong progressive campaign and following. And so as we look at everything in hindsight, hindsight tells us that you know, all the stuff that coulda, woulda, shoulda. Mm-hmm. Bottom line, if that discussion would have gone on through our party in a serious way because we're trying to make sure that we have the correct candidate, that is what should have happened. And mm-hmm. With all the problems that Hillary had with the emails and everything, that's what hurt her. I don't have a doubt and a question in my mind that she's a very capable candidate and definitely could have definitely served that role, the role of President of the United States and have done that role very well. Mm-hmm. However, the whole email saga, And then when James Comey came back out with, oh, well, we have this whole situation going on, Um, Anthony Weiner and his improprieties that occurred, that dragged it down the doggone lane as well. It dragged it down the river just as well. Because Hillary had double-digit leads across the state. Hillary had uh, a lot that was going on that was on the positive tip, uh, tip. But because some people had that disbelief, that mistrust, whatever, you know, it kind of like left them hanging in, in, into, oh, well, what the heck's going on? And this is all prompted. Well, you know, I had, I, I, I'm I sorry. I, I I agree with you, and I sort of dis like I agree with you when you're talking about the decision to go with Hillary on the Democratic side versus Bernie. Um, I've never made a, a saying about it when Bernie was when we were at the stage of the primary. I also was a Bernie supporter, 
So, <clears throat> excuse me, I also was a Bernie supporter, so I understand that part of it. However, on the part of the young people, I can't really say that they're a day late in the dollar sort, and I'm going to tell you why I disagree with you there. Because we have to remember, when when we go to vote, we are always taught that, you know, that gives you your voice. Your vote is your voice. And then something happens, and we find out that we all went and voted. The popular vote was that Party A won. But then here comes this little uh, catch-42 called the Electoral College. And that is what, from talking to the young people who have been protesting and who have been standing up, they are fighting and standing not against the fact that Trump is in office. They are fighting against the process that got him into office. Like, I remember the first time that I heard about that. Um, Brother Rob, come on, come on, what you got to say about that? And, and then I'm going to share with y'all uh, what I was saying. Go ahead, Brother Rob. All right, so this is this is the whole the whole key to to the election where um everybody thought that Donald Trump didn't have a strategy and I remember if everybody remembers a couple of days before the election Hillary was here in in Philadelphia campaigning and Donald Trump was um somewhere in the suburbs campaigning so the key to electoral vote to win the states on electoral vote is you want to you want to make sure that you win as many counties not the popular vote so that way if the electoral college Dickens, so if Hillary wins the popular vote, she has more votes in that state, the Electoral College can swing around and say, hey, listen, well, Trump actually won more counties in the state. So in the heavy populated areas like Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Harrisburg, um, Hillary won those handily. But in the suburbs where you got the, you know, your, your smaller cities, um, Donald Trump clearly won those. So if you look at the counties versus, you know, um, how, how many cities that Hillary won, you can see why the Electoral College chose to, you know, swing their votes into Trump's favor. So Trump did have a strategy. He wanted to make sure that he could sway the Electoral College vote. So once he was able to do that, that was how – that was his whole key to election. That was the only way he was going to win. And, you know, unfortunately, you he know, managed to do that. And you know what? And I'm not mad at him. Because everything that Trump does, what I, what I love about Trump is Trump has learned how to play the system. I can't be mad at him for knowing how to play the system. Everybody wants to know how he got around the taxes because he played the system's game. Everybody wants to know how he does what he does because he plays the system's game. But that's not what the children are upset about. And, Brother Rob, you just explained the children's anger. Because in the same sentence, you just basically said, even though you vote and they may win the popular based on that state, the Electoral College can then go in and say, although they won this many votes, the, the people said we won her, but because these 
little counties over here who don't have as many people as these counties over here because, you know, they wanted somebody else, and it's more counties, not more people, just more counties. We're going to give him this office. That means that then your vote doesn't count. Well, and it says that your, your vote does count, but what, what, what the electoral college is for is they're there they're not to the, not to say that you know well, well I'll put it to you this way sometimes even though uh, like the more populous cities like Philadelphia and you know Pittsburgh and um, other cities like that they draw a lot of the the state and federal dollars. Uh, the mm-hmm. ones that that are at a disadvantage, the ones you know that don't likely get hurt, are the ones that's in the rural areas in the suburbs. With the electric college, um, if you have to understand, is that that voter usually comes from that sub from them suburbs, and they know that even though they seem to have the best, but they work with the the least amount of tax dollars that's you know allotted to to their areas. So what happens is. It's not like in the inner cities, like say we have a Tasty Cake or, you know, any other big business, and they see that a school, you know, the state funding is, you know, a little bit short. Um, instead of for, you know, the, the state, I mean, or the city or the school asking anybody for donations or whatever, in the suburbs, those companies actually step up before anybody even asks, word one, we need this, we need that. Their children go to those schools. So what they're going to do, you know, especially if it's, you know, somebody that's a CEO of a company, they easily go roll over to the school district and say, hey, listen, you know, um, we're operating in, a, you know, the green here. Um, how much money do you need or how much can we give or how much do you need? And, and you know, and that may that may be true, but then where I have to differ with you slightly is most of those schools, on the education standards, according to test scores, are doing a whole lot better than the larger cities, the inner cities, the urban cities. Right. So, and, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, that's not the argument of the millennials. The millennials' right. argument is, why can't one vote be one vote? Why, and, and they have a point. Why can't, if we're electing a mayor of a, st- of a city, we don't go in and vote for our mayor and then city council goes and decides which way they're going to go to elect the mayor based on who lives in what neighborhood and what percentage of the neighborhood likes the mayor. When we're electing the governor of a state, they don't go into which person likes this and who lives here, and then after everybody votes, they get a group together to sit down and decide who the governor is going to be. So why are we doing it with the president? Now, I wow. could understand I could understand something like that in earlier times, verse of the country, when it was hard trying to get all the votes and count the who was here and who was there then, yeah, I can understand that. But in modern times, with the use of computers and modern technology, I have to side with the millennials. This isn't about the fact that Bernie didn't get to the office. Well, for some of them it is, but not for the majority. For the majority it is, 
why doesn't my why isn't what you told me what's happening? You said my vote was my count in my voice. And after I gave my vote in my count in my voice, a group of people got together somewhere and decided no. But then even in the midst of that, we always talk about how the millennials don't do. The millennials won't get off of their phones. They won't get off of their tablets. They won't get off of their computers. But understand that the millennials got off of them the other day, y'all, and they're still off of them. And when they get back on them, they're asking strong questions that nobody wants to answer, that nobody wants to answer. And I know people called in today to hear me say, thus saith the Lord, but tonight God has said that we have to speak wisdom to the situation of what's going on. We have to give wisdom because even in their marching, My sister Darlene, do you know that even while these children were marching, we didn't sit and say, look at our babies standing up for for what they believe is right, for their truth. That makes a lot of sense. Um, Fox 29 did a live Facebook broadcast of the protest the other day. The comments that we're on here goes back to what I started off by saying, talking about what we have to avoid. The comments were, pull out the water cannons. Bet you wish you still had the dogs. Bring in the National Guards and Marines for shooting practice. Again, They weren't rioting. They weren't attacking. And this particular uh, one was from the protest in Philadelphia. They weren't even setting things on fire here. When did we get so wrapped up in hatred? And we call ourselves believers of Christ. We call ourselves followers of Christ. The word of God says that we shall be known by our fruits. I'm sorry, by their fruits you shall know them. For whoever that was that I just heard in my spiritual ear go, that's not what it said. So let me quote it accurately. By their fruits, you shall know them. What fruits are we dropping as we call ourselves believers? Why aren't we listening to our young people? We talk about how they won't step up. We talk about how they won't stand up. We talk about all of the disrespect. And the first time we see them come together, in an orderly, organized fashion, we down them for doing it. Young people, I'm for you. 
I say keep on marching and let me know where the next march is going to be so I can come and march with you. Let me know where the next rally is going to be so I can come and stand with you. Because as far as the Electoral College, I am in agreement with you. One vote should be one vote. Point blank simple. And for those, somebody saying, well, they just feel like that because their candidate didn't get in the office. Let me help you. I felt like that when it happened with Bush. I felt like that when it happened with Reagan. And guess what? Here come the shocker, y'all. If I'm not mistaken, Obama's second term, he got in there by the Electoral College, not by the popular vote. And I felt that way then. One vote. See, when you honor the majority of the vote, then the people feel like their voice has been heard because the people have spoken. Now, although, yes, I, I picked Hillary over Trump because Hillary was the one that was there, please understand, please hear what I'm saying to you when I say what I'm going to say next. The Democrats who are upset just because Hillary didn't get in, I have to be real with you. That's how the millennials felt with what happened with Bernie. It's the same feeling. They felt like they got robbed of the popular vote. Because understand something. That was the first election I saw young people come out in such a force, other than the first time Obama ran for office. But that was a different cause. Now we just had this election where it's like we voted for hatred and racism. Darling, what do you think about that? Actually, we, uh, we lost Sister Darlene. Okay, well... Bless God. We thank her for uh, being here prayerfully. She will be able to join back in with us. Um, Again, if there are anyone out there who would like to speak with us, just hit star 8. You could come on and share your thoughts, your opinions. But I need you to understand there is a time and a place, and this is the time and the place for us to say, you know what? We're not accepting hatred. We do have a call. We're not going to do. We do have a caller on the line. Caller, you're there. Yes, I am. How are you, Chappie? I'm blessed. How are you? I'm feeling great. I had to listen in tonight. I had some time, and I I, I feel bad because I haven't been on your show as often as I should. But Mm -hmm. I'm here now. (laughs) You know who you're talking to. This sounds like my brother Paul. Okay, yeah, you got yes, it. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good, <laughs> despite the the, the the chaos. Yeah, I um, and if I may, I wanted to share a piece that I wrote, uh, pretty much concerning the topic that you're speaking on right now. Would love to hear it. And it's called America with three Ks. You did it again, America, 
you fooled me. Or maybe it's me who was oblivious to your game. Just when I think you have evolved from your hate, you prove just how blinded I am. Am I really that naive and gullible? Or am I simply insane? I suppose it would be insane to think that this land would ever have the desire to become a true godly nation when it is perfectly obvious after this election this country desires fear, hatred, dysfunction, lies, and greed, heartlessness, racism, sin, evil, apathy, separation, ignorance, and desperation. This country, the one I still love, no, no, I'm crazy, more and more it shows me their true hearts. Now they elect the Antichrist, and this nation's demise and an ap- apocalypse starts. We no longer have the luxury of waiting to accept Christ. The time shows us this each and every day. Life, as we know it, is nearing its end, and you'll truly regret if you don't heed God's word and embark on another way. A perfect example. I was sitting at the bus stop the day after Donald Dump was elected, and a young lady from the Dominican Republic, a first generation in this land, told me her two-year daughter, her two-year-old daughter, uh, feelings were hurt, and she was insulted by a Trump follower, a racist, hate monger of a man. He snatched his little girl up from playing with the little Latin girl, and told her he can't wait till Trump takes office and sends all the niggers and spicks away. This is what Donald Trump has incited. What a horrible, hateful, Trump-like thing to say. This tells me I have been quite unrealistic in my loyalty to love a land that is full of people who for no reason actually hate me, who without provocation wish harm on me, and then claim to be God-fearing. Now that's really hypocrisy. America spelled with three Ks is this really the, the land of the free or the land of Lucifer and an upgraded hanging tree? I can't imagine how they will begin to justify this hatred on Judgment Day looking God in the eye. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord and not stoop to the level of this land. I want to be able to tell God on that day I lived my life as a God-fearing and loving man. In the face of a holy God, I fearlessly hope to stand. And with Christ as my Savior, I most assuredly know that I can. As for this America with three Ks, my heart grieves for you. You seem content to wallow and revel in evil and hate. I can only spend each day on my knees praying you change your ways before it's too late. And burning in hell is your sealed fate. Eternity tormented in the fiery lake. Father God, please hear my heartfelt prayer and deliver America from the prince of the air. Move upon this land filled with Satan's hate. Touch this land mightily, Lord, before it becomes reprobate. For then its salvation will be too late. Amen and peace. It's, it, it really saddens my heart. And, you know, today's Veterans Day, and I went out, and a lot of people that, that know me were thanking me for my service to this country. But then I have to look back at, like, the election and comments like that little girl told me. It makes me wonder why I really 
serve this country. It's, it, it's, it's, it's hard to maintain love for a country that really truly show you on a regular basis they don't love you. But all I can do is pray. Pray that they find a better way. Amen, amen. We uh we appreciate your comments, Paul, and you know, one veteran from another. Um this is uh brother Rob by the way, I'm the uh the board op and the producer of the uh this radio program. Oh, okay, yeah. greetings and blessings, sir. And yeah, I apologize no for, for sliding you in the beginning. <laughs> no, <laughs> I should have yeah, no problem. First. And um you know, from from one vet to another, you know, I I wondered the same thing. That's the first thing that, you know, crossed my mind. You know, why did I serve this country? Yeah. Well, you know, I have to chime in for both of you, and I bless God for both of you, and I bless God for every vet that has served and for those who are currently serving our country. I bless God for you because although I understand the pull on both of your hearts and on the hearts of every minority who has ever served in the armed forces, once they finish their tours and they come home and they're treated less than who they are, I bless God for you because your serving your your country has kept us from having to deal with some of the things that other countries deal with on a regular basis. Like I look at what's going on overseas in Syria and in those different countries where babies are being blown up, where you know, women are going shopping and the grocery stores are blowing up. People, like where the craziness is going on on a regular basis. So I bless God that y'all stood on that wall. I bless God for those who are still standing on that wall. Because as crazy and evil as this country may be, has always been in my personal opinion, it's still one of the safer countries to live in. Yeah, our biggest threat in this country is not what's outside our walls. It's what's in our walls. And no military force is not going to stop it. No military policing is not going to stop it. What is going to stop it is love. Forgiveness, especially, especially, especially for all of those that are promoting this hatred, this racism, this bigotry, and calling yourselves followers of Christ. Stop lying. Shut up, you workers of iniquity. Because nothing you do is of Christ. Yes, I said it. I don't care who you are. I don't care what organizations you belong to. I don't care what positions you hold. You are nothing more than wolves in sheep's clothing. You cannot say that you are of God and promote hatred and promote ignorance and say, oh, I'm bringing greatness back to this country or, oh, we're going to make it great again by hating people. 
It wasn't great when you did it to the indigenous people of this country. It wasn't great when y'all brought our ancestors here as slaves, and it's not great now. Now, I know that we have two more callers on the air, but before we bring those callers in, and I'm going to say right now you are listening to us live on uh, com. This is Purpose Kingdom Network, the 150th episode. You can call in at 724-444-7444. Call ID number is 142-656-POUND. Hit one pound to connect to the show. Hit star eight if you would like to talk to me live. But before I bring on those two callers, we are going to do the call of salvation. And I said all of that just then to let you know we will be going slightly into archives. With everybody going through what they're going through and not being sure of what is going to happen now, one of the main reasons I bless God that I'm here with you tonight is so that I can let you know ten things that you can be sure of, ten things that no matter what happens in the very next second, these ten things will not change. God will still be on his throne. Jesus will still be king of kings and lord of lords. The word of God will still have all the answers to every problem, including this one. The tomb will still be empty. Jesus will still be the only way to heaven. Prayer will still work. It will still make a difference, and God is still in the business of answering prayers. It is the cross, not the government, that will still be our salvation. There is still room at the cross for anyone seeking a place at it. Jesus will still save anyone who places their faith and their trust in him, and God will always stand by us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He who watches Israel will never slumber nor sleep. Those are ten things you can put your faith and your trust in, that no matter what goes on tomorrow, if you trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge God. He shall direct your path. Now, how do you lean on him? You have to get a personal relationship with him. This is a scary time, but for me it's an exciting time because I see so much more than what's playing out before us in the physical realm. And I can't wait until next month when I'm able to come on and able to start sharing with you some of what it is that is lining right up in God's word with what's going on today. So it's an exciting time. But it's an exciting time for me because at the end of the day, I'm a believer in Christ. I read the book. I know how it ends. It's exciting for me. But it's also a little disheartening for me because so many people are falling for the tricks of the enemy. Understand. One of the first tricks that the enemy did to us as a people was to say, if I change the way the Savior looks, they'll deny that it was him. I'm not talking to you about a church membership. I'm talking to you about a personal relationship. 
Don't get caught up in the blind hair, blue-eyed, pale-faced picture that hangs up in, in, in sanctuaries that you see in different books. I'm talking about getting caught up in the man of God, the God-man, the one that came into this world, had lived and died on the cross for our sins. If you believe in him and on him, ask him to come into your life. Ask him to be the ruler of your life. It's real simple. You just say, Jesus, I need you. I accept you as the gift of God. I ask you to come into my life. I submit my will to your will. From this day forward, I will attempt to walk in Christ and as Christ. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and to create in me that new creature that I hear people talk about. In Jesus' name, if you said that, seal it with an amen. And you believe it, Next thing you do is let somebody know. You don't have to wait till Sunday morning, Sabbath morning, prayer service, Wednesday, Bible study, none of that. You can call somebody up on the phone. You can send somebody a text message. Just tell them, hey, I asked Jesus Christ into my life. I'm saved. If you have nobody to tell, you can email us here at Purpose Kingdom Network. Our email address is purposekingdomnet at gmail.com. That's purposekingdomnet, N-E-T, at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, to pray with you, to pray for you. Next, you should attempt to find a Bible, believe in teaching, preaching, sanctuary, where you can grow in the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and heal from the trials and the tribulations of this world. But if you can't, we bless God. That is why Purpose Kingdom Network is here for you. Please join us here tomorrow evening for another episode of Purpose Kingdom with uh, Minister Charles and Maureen Lee of The Turning Point. Come out and be blessed by God. Know that you can follow us on Facebook at Purpose Kingdom. We are on Instagram and Twitter at Purpose underscore Kingdom. Now we have two more callers on the line. We would like to get to those callers. Caller one, are you there? Can you hear me? Yes. Sister Valerie, how are you? (laughs) Hi, how are you? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Thank you for calling in. What would you like to share with us this evening? Second uh, Chronicles 7 and 14. Mm-hmm. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, themselves and pray and seek my faith and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Wow. So I enjoy your show. But I just wanted to say that whatever we do, we need to repent and that God is in control. Yes. Yes. And I thank you, and and I'm going to thank you for two reasons, because one, that was a confirmation for me, because normally I pray at the very beginning of the show, but I decided tonight that I was going to pray our way out of the show because I believe that the nation really does need prayer. And that was the scripture that God dropped in my spirit. So I thank you for for reading that scripture to us because that is what we need to do. We need to get to a place of repentance. Because to be real honest, all of us got something we need to repent of. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Even the church goer. 
Mm-hmm. I, I, and it's funny. It's funny you went there because I'm going to share this. I wasn't going to share this today, but I'm going to share this. Even the churchgoer has some stuff they need to repent of. And mm-hmm. this is how I know you got some stuff we need to repent of because you know that sub- part of the service usually doing devotion, they used to call it testimony service. Mm-hmm. That's where most Christians tell the most lie at, <laughs> right there in testimony service. And they tell it with their first the first statement out their mouth. See, I'm not even going into when sister so-and-so get to decide and she want her testimony to outdo mother so-and-so. I ain't talking about that. It's one statement we always make at the beginning of testimony service. And I bless God that that's why we took testimony service out of the church uh, worship service because we, we can stop test the lion. We can stop test the lion. We get up there and we go, I want to give an honor to God who is first in my life. When was he first in your life? Mm. Was he first in your life when you were sneaking around with whoever? Was he first in your life when you was cussing out whoever? Was he first in your life when you was fighting with whoever? Was he first in your life when you were smoking whatever, drinking whatever, doing whatever? Was he first in your life then? Mm. Okay, maybe you don't do none of that stuff. You don't do none of that stuff. Bless God, bless God, bless God. Was he first in your life when you decided you wasn't going to forgive whoever it was that hurt you that you still bitter and angry about? Was he first in your life then? Mm. Mm. When we say stuff out of our mouth, see, we want, we desire for him to be first in our life. Mm-hmm. But if he's not first in our life, stop, stop lying and saying he is. Amen. But I bless God for you for that scripture. I do. I bless God for you for that scripture because we need to repent. As a people, as a nation, we need to repent. We need to repent for the hatred that we hold in. We need to repent for the racism that we display one to another. We need Mm -hmm. to repent across the board. And Mm -hmm. we need to repent for defiling God's word the way that we have defiled God's word. We need to repent for a lot from the pulpit to the door and back again, outside the church walls, we Mm -hmm. as a nation need to repent. We need to seek God's faith. We need to stop arguing with each other. Oh, well, you're not talking about God because you said Allah, and you're not talking about God because you're saying God and not Allah, and you're saying God and Allah and not Yah, and you're saying Elohim and not. Man, go ahead with all of that. Jesus said that God is looking for the true worshiper. The true worshiper worships him in spirit and in truth. Amen. Sister Val, thank you so much. And we are going to go right back to that scripture when we go into prayer. But we have another caller on the line. Thank you for calling in and sharing with you. I love you much. That is my partner in Christ, y'all, one of my PICs. Love you so much. We have another caller on the line. Caller, are you there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And finally, a toy has come back to, I don't even know where, but I'll tell you, Jesse. I did with you. <laughs> Girl, I am so happy that you come and beat people in the forehead. It's, it, I like, do they get locked up? I love that, man. That's that. <laughs> 
You know what I mean? So then when they, when they get off the phone and when they walk around, they're like, yo, what happened to you? Hey, I just got beat up, chappy, man. I just lumps. Yo, but the thing that got me real sick, so everybody know, and I realized a little bit because it's kind of crazy, people, if you're listening and you really are aware, get ready, man, because the littlest things mean a lot. And I notice it because everybody now, it's like getting mad over the littlest things, and it's turning to pure hatred. And it's just becoming like a natural thing, like, oh, well, they mad. No, they mad. They hate somebody. And it's like, hate, 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 hate. And if you got to hate like that, that ain't nothing but the devil. But you got to remember, all that dirt that you might have done is going to be like sticky icky. Everywhere you go, it's going to look like mud. You're going to keep on trying to wash it off. You know, you get mud on you. wash it off. You're like, dang, dang, it's still a little bit of mud on me. Look at that. Everybody going to be able to see it. And then that's when things going to get real ugly because your best friends going to start talking about you, and you ain't going to be able to do nothing about it because it's going to be the truth. And the truth shall set you or make you free. <laughs> so how about these apples? Figure it out, people. Because if y'all see what's about to happen, it's some real stuff. And if you don't love your family, you better learn to love them now. But um, I love you right there. <laughs> you know what? That's the will of God of just to serve. And I bless God for you, Will. And what you said is so true that we we have got to get back to a place of love. That That's all of it in a nutshell. That That is it. We've got to get back to a place of love. I'm so sad that we lost our sister Darlene, but I thank her for being with us this evening. I thank all of those who called in for their love and support. Brother O, I, I got your text. I saw you. Thank you so much. Um, everyone, I, I just, I, I don't know what else to say other than we have to get back to a place of love. And we can't get back to a place of love without being connected to the source of love. So as our sister read the scripture to us, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, seek my face and pray. We are going to stop this evening and we are going to close out with the word of prayer. And Brother Rob, upon amen, you can end the show, because after prayer, there's nothing left to be said. It's only left what needs to be did, and that is for us to go forth and be the light of Christ that we proclaim we are. Father God, we come before you this evening, Lord. We come first and foremost as bad children before a good father. God, we come asking forgiveness of any sins that we have committed through thought, deed, action, knowingly or unknowingly, God. Sins of omission as well as sins of commission, God. We ask that you would just wipe, wash us white as snow with hyssop, Lord. 
We ask that you would just give us fresh anointings of your Holy Spirit to cleanse us with the blood of Jesus Christ, God. We ask that you would just forgive us of those sins, God. Remove them from us, God. Cast them in the yonder sea of forgetfulness that they not rise up against us anymore, God, but also that we're no longer tempted in them, with them, through them, or under them, Father God. We speak the release of bondage this evening, Father, in the name of Jesus, God, that when we go forth, from this place, God, that we will go forth being the light on a hill, God, that we will show people what it looks like to be followers and believers in Jesus Christ, God. We just ask, God, that you will move by your might on your people in this land, Father, that you will call them to that standard, God, that you said you would rise up. When the enemy came around us like a flood, your word says that you will rise up a standard. God, we ask that you will bring your people to that standard right now in the name of Jesus, Father God. For God, we know that you are still the Alpha and the Omega. You are still the beginning and the end. You are still he that holds all power in your hand, Father God. We ask that right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, you will speak peace and calm over our hurt nation, Father God, that you will encourage our young people to stand up for the rights that they believe in, Father God, but to stand up in a decent and orderly fashion, God, so that people will look at them in utter amazement and know that there is still a God alive in Israel, Father God. Father God, in the name of Jesus, that people will stand up and know that you are still on the throne, God, that you are still Jehovah Jireh, our provider, God, that you are still providing the needs of your people, God, in the name of Jesus, God, we ask that you just put a hedge of protection around your people this evening, in the name of Jesus, we ask that you will just touch them, whatever they may stand in need of, Father God, that you will meet the need of your people, God. We ask that you will touch those in leadership this evening, God. Give them dreams, Father God. If you have to snatch them back unto you, God, snatch them back unto you in the name of Jesus, not for our sake but for the sake of the kingdom of God. Let the people of God know that you are still answering prayers, God, that the prayer warriors can still make a difference. Remind them that the prayers of the righteous avail of much, Father God. Put a prayer spirit in the hearts of your people, Father God, to lament and to call out on behalf of this nation, Father God. In the name of Jesus, stir up the spirit of those old mothers, Father God, to touch these young mothers, Father God. Teach them to learn how to go to the mourner's bench, Father God, to call out for you, for the children, Father God, for the families, Father God, in the name of Jesus then, God, we will be so careful to forever give your name, the glory, the honor, and the praise. It is in the mighty name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.